You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. It's a Scoop Tuesday here. It's also a Reckless Speculation Turkey of the Year edition Tuesday. On Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd. Our guy Darren Doogie Wolfson from the 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department is here with some inside information and some speculation about your favorite Minnesota sports teams. Uh, happy Scoops Tuesday, Doogie. Welcome in. Happy Tuesday, Phil. Good to see you, Judd. Hi, Declan. Yes, I suppose we haven't gone back and forth on the plan for Thursday, but I presume with the holiday, we are not doing a reckless speculation Thursday. So I have no issue if we combine Reckless yeah. Speculation Thursday with this Tuesday edition. Make no mistake, I will be recklessly speculating at home on Thursday to Dawn is and Stella. Dark meat? Is uh, I have no meat? doubt about that. Yeah. You will not. You know, you can't get me a little thing like Thanksgiving can't get me to do what Thursdays are made for. You know what? Turkeys once a year. Reckless Speculation every single Thursday. So there will be, at least in the Zolgad house, Reckless speculation run rampant with three football games. I can picture you on Thursday, Lazy Boy, Packers, Lions, into Uh, Cowboys, Commanders, into Seahawks, 49ers. uh, You may not leave the Lazy Boy. Like, uh, Dawn will bring you a plate of food. That's true? Will she bring you the plate of food, Jeff? (laughs) No. No, she won't. But It's time for some turkey. Get me the turkey right now and a mimosa. Yeah, I probably won't be leaving. I probably won't leave the couch much. You are correct. Are you you drink mimosa? I thought maybe I no. think more like a no, beer mimosa for good. you. A beer no, mimosa. No, it just sounds mosa. good. It's mimosa time. It sounds it's time. better than it's beer time. So you got to do what sounds. It's time good. for mimosas. Get me <laughs> one right <laughs> now. Where's the champagne? See that works. Oh my gosh! So we will speculate on some turkey candidates here as we try. We try to figure out what Royce's going to do for that column, mostly unsuccessfully over the years. But Doogie uh, Vikings lose a tough one on Sunday night. Trying to figure out if Justin Jefferson's coming back. Um, you got an extra day to prepare for the Chicago Bears at home. So let's start with the running back situation here. What just what do you think prevents the Vikings from making Ty Chandler the number one running back on this team? Well, you're right. I mean, Alexander Madison, to me, is the ideal third down running back. Madison is the better blocker. There is no debating blocking-wise Madison versus Chandler. So there's some reluctance because of Ty's ability or lack thereof to fully block. Although he puts himself in pretty good position, maybe just doesn't hold a block like Madison does. But in terms of explosiveness, yeah, yes. And I wasn't surprised. Like Chandler, when's the last time Chandler had 23 snaps? So we had 23 snaps on Sunday night. So I think like this will be about the snap number moving forward, maybe even go higher. Like I don't think it's going down. So I think we'll continue to see good doses of Ty Chandler, but there is that reluctance when you still pass as often as they do. You need to have a running back capable of blocking 
that Ty Chandler just isn't the blocker that Alexander Madison is. So here's what confuses me. I've been, because uh, everything that you said, Dukes, I basically agree with completely. So I've, and the one thing is, especially uh, uh, since Dobbs began to start, I give O'Connell credit because I feel like he's adjusted quite a bit going from, you know, the Kirk, who is a pocket passer, to the mobile guy in Dobbs. But I was thinking about this more after the game, and I guess it's what confused me a little bit. Um, because of the fact that Madison strikes me as a poor man's, because he's not as good, Chester Taylor, because he's smart. Like, he knows what he's supposed to do. Chester was in- incredibly smart as a player, and he was a better back. But why wouldn't you consider using more 22 personnel with Jefferson out? Have Ham in there in, in the old T-Rich role? Because, again, Ham is incredibly smart. Uh, and, and if you guys recall, during Peterson's rookie year, and Dukes, we both covered this and so did Phil, Tony Richardson was incredibly bright. Like, he literally would tell AP, follow me here, follow me there, and then take off and I'm done. Um, Ham has the same type of ability because he's not great, but he's smart. And, you know, if you don't trust, if you think, and, and I have seen clips where people have said, and I think they're right, Chandler at times runs the, picks the wrong hole. Like he doesn't know exactly what he's doing. He just can run and he's fast. Why wouldn't you consider that? Because as long as JJ's out, I don't have three receivers that I'm champing at the bit to play consistently. I'll play them. But like, to me, this seems like an ideal to what you just said, Madison, third down guy because that requires blocking, but first and second down, 22 personnel. Well, maybe we will. I mean, heck, entering the year, we were led to believe after they gave C.J. Ham the new contract that, hey, they would find a way to get him a few more touches. He barely touches the ball. He's barely on the field. I mean, what's his snap count at? Like 10 a game, if that? Yeah. I mean, he's barely out there. So, yeah, I guess that's a wrinkle that absolutely we could see as soon as Monday night, you know, they like CJ. He is incredibly smart. That's a good comp. T. Rich was my guy. I loved Tony Richardson. Still to this day, one of my favorite people. So, yes, there is a comp there where CJ Ham is incredibly smart that he could lead the way for Ty. Does that come at the expense, though, of Josh Oliver then being off the field? I mean, I guess I need to do the math in my head of 11 on the field. Another receiver. Okay, so you take a receiver off so you could still go two tight ends, two receivers, fullback, running back. Do I have the math right there? Yeah, it'd be two, 22 is two receivers, uh, one tight two end, tight. and then uh, 22 would be, uh, sorry, two tight ends, two running backs, one wide receiver on the field. Right. Okay, so I mean. It, you could it, also run 21 it, and put yeah, two wide right. receivers on the field. I just exactly. don't know if KOC is willing to go quite that far, but I'm with you, Judd, by the way, on give KOC credit. Like, I didn't yeah. understand, and hey, we can nitpick. Like, end of the first half on Sunday, fourth and inches. I'm going for that. Like, to me, it should have been 13-6 at the half. You needed, what, another 10 to 11 yards, 12 yards for Joseph to be in legit field goal range. It could have been 13-6. Next thing you know, it's 10-9 at the half. So I can nitpick stuff with KOC, but I still think he's a really, really good coach. Like, I think the play design on that third and 19 to Ty Chandler, speaking of Chandler, I just thought the design of that play Mm -hmm. was brilliant. It set up that fourth and inches that they did go for, and God, I just I think Kevin O'Connell. The more I'm around him, the more you hear others talk about him. The Vikings absolutely nailed that hire, and I just didn't understand late Sunday into Monday 
all the ripping of Kevin O'Connell. Yeah, Judd. I didn't think he had a good game, but I think he's a very good well, coach. Well, yeah, it wasn't an ideal game, sure. I yeah. mean, if we're giving him a letter grade for Sunday, yeah, I mean, somewhere in that C-ish range. I mean, yes, yeah. we can go at him for specific things on Sunday. But that doesn't make a But I still coach. think there were some play designs that were really, really mm-hmm. good, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, I just I think overall they nailed that hire. Mm-hmm. Okay, Brian Flores is coaching his way right up toward the top of the head coach candidate list this this coming off season. I mean, it is Vikings fans, Vikings coaching staff should have a real fear of him. The work that he's done to take one of the worst defenses in the league instantly without a ton of like headline talent with really only one true pass rusher healthy into Neil Hunter. And by most measurements, this is a top 10 defense almost across the board. Um, so I'm kind of looking now, I'm on uh, covers.com and looking at the, the latest head coaching firing odds to see which jobs could be open most likely. We know the Raiders job. We'll see what happens with it. If, if Antonio Pierce keeps that team on track, he might just get that job. But uh, I think he Brand- might get that job, yeah. Brandon Staley. Uh, now, he, Brandon Staley's lashing out at report. Now, I think they would be smart to go offensive-minded coach with Justin Herbert. <laughs> Kellen Moore. But uh, Ron Rivera and Washington on this list, there's been some steam about maybe trading for Bill Belichick. Frank Reich is apparently on a hot seat in Carolina, which is interesting. They yeah, they go offense disaster. too, though, don't they? Yeah, probably. Bryce yeah. Young, yeah. you're not pa- hiring a defensive coach. Could Patriots coach. trade Bill Belichick and replace him with Brian Flores, a former Bill Belichick assistant? Well, Matt Eberflus okay. is probably going to get fired. Tuesday. Don't you think if Bill Belichick ends up in Washington that Mike Rabel goes from Tennessee to New England? Then the Titans job is open. But with Will Levis, you would think they would go offensive-minded coach. Heck, I think Jim Harbaugh makes a lot of sense for the L.A. Chargers. Or some offensive-minded coach. I love that idea. What about about Jim Harbaugh. Harbaugh to the Bears? Well, or that. Eberflus yeah. is. I'm sorry, that's not going to to work. And and are the Crafts going to hire another defensive guy, or because of the issues on offense and a quarterback, and things have changed in a huge way, obviously since Belichick got the job uh, with Patriots, would they go offense as well? I wonder if they would go well, Vrabel. I wonder if they would go Flores. Yeah. And actually, what might Kraft keep- and Vrabel are tight. Like I just think if Belichick leaves. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it'll happen. I mean, Tennessee may say, no way, no how. I don't care what you want, Mike. But I just think, like, the Patriots would pursue Mike Rabel. I really do. I wonder how high, and if, if let's say, if a bunch of sort of secondary concerning head coaching jobs um, become, or a few become an, an opportunity for Flores, I think it's worth discussing how, how much of a check the Wolves would write, though, to keep him for a second season because there's no reason to think you guys with his coaching acumen that that like this defense is going to fall off the map in 24 yeah. if anything it's probably going to be improved and he's um, young enough too he's not that and, old and i know the wilfs make a ton and i know people get on them but like dukes can attest to they have never been afraid to write checks if they can and to go back to what I've always said, and I was told this from my first day on the beat, the one place where there's no cap is coaching staffs. You can pay a coaching staff as much as you want, and no one can stop it. And we've seen this, you guys. Coaches make a difference. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not some, like, ah, what's the difference here? I mean, just look at Donatel, look at Flores. So I think there is a discussion to be had about, Doogie, what type of check 
the Wilfs would write to Flores to at least keep him through 2024 and sort of see this thing through. Yeah, I mean, they would write a big check. I have zero doubt about that. What about the elephant in the room? This lawsuit. Oh, it's good. That, I mean, heck, like, is there ever going to be full clarity, closure on that situation? Is there an ownership group willing to roll the dice on Flores with that still being a thing? Now, it's one thing to hire him as defensive coordinator. I don't know how far down the road. I never heard definitively how far down the road Arizona got. I mean, he was in that mix. They ultimately decided to go Jonathan Gannon. But, like, was Flores really, like, seriously, like, in that mix where they were considering making him a real offer to be their head coach? That I never was able to nail down. My sense was Gannon was the guy all along. But I just wonder. Now, I've thought about the new ownership group in Washington, right, that Flores, to me, he fits there. Now, do they just elevate the be enemy? I mean, I think Ron Rivera gets, gets the ax, but – would they just go with an offensive guy that they believe in the young quarterback, Sam Howe, and go that direction? But I thought with Josh Harris now running things in Washington, that if that job opens, that would be the one more than any other one that I would keep an eye on for Flores. Here's something really interesting. I'm getting this from sportskeeda.com, so I'm not 100% sure. And I'm, I'm matching this with a report from NBC uh, Boston. So the, the average coordinator in the NFL makes a million dollars a year. Offense, defensive coordinators. Vic Fangio is reportedly making four and a half million dollars as the defensive coordinator of the Dolphins. The Dolphins said, okay, we got a new head coach. He's an offensive genius. Let's bring in a defensive head coach with a ton of pedigree and let's make him the highest paid coordinator. Vic Fangio makes four and a half million dollars a year, which according to reports is more than Kevin Stefanski makes as head coach of the Browns. He makes three and a half million dollars. So here's my question to you guys. Let's say Flores makes a little over a million or something, right? He's probably on the on the higher end of the average. If the average is a million, my guess is Flores makes into the seven figures somewhere, but probably he not fan too much. Yeah, right? I mean, I don't know the exact number, but it's higher than, yeah, I mean, low yep. seven figures. I can tell you that much. Yeah, I mean, he changed representation along the way. I just, I feel safe in saying it's not like one million. It's definitely yeah. north of one million. So if you're Flores, and, and if you're the Vikings, this has to be a mutual thing. You're, you're already spending $220 million on your on your roster, right? So if you feel like Flores is a huge part of molding this roster, these young cornerbacks, et cetera, really, it, it shouldn't be any sweat off the Wilfs brows to go, hey, let's go from a million and a half to four. Let's make it four million here. Let's just, let's keep you around. So if you're Flores, and you can become essentially one of the highest paid defensive coordinators and make about as much money as the lowest paid head coaches. Would you sign up for that? Or would you rather take these jobs? You tell me stay with the Vikings as a coordinator and get a big pay increase or jump back into head coaching and take these jobs Vikings or commanders head coaching job. I think he takes the commander's head coaching job in that, in that scenario, he takes the head coaching job. Yeah. Vikings or Panthers head coaching job. I think he takes the head coaching job. Patriots head coaching job. I think he takes the head coaching job. Okay. Bears? I think he takes the head coaching job. I think you're probably going to say the same thing for Chargers and Raiders. I wouldn't take the Raiders job. 
The Raiders, there's some yeah, flaws there. Take. I mean, how many head coaches have they had Davis. in the last half uh, uh, I don't want to for that weirdo. Yeah. There's nope. Paul. Look at that haircut, dude. You can't trust that guy. No. Nope. Yeah, I don't nope. know about about the Raiders. All the other ones, <laughs> yeah, I think he takes the job over, over staying here. Yeah. Don't you, you guys think, though, for the most part of the jobs that Phil just ran through, the reality is he's probably going to, I would guess that if you have a defensive coach currently, you for your next hire just because of how this league works and the premium on quarterback development i would guess you're going to be looking for an offensive guy like i'm guessing washington i i think your b enemy guess is more spot on now if they get belichick that's a different thing but if i'm looking at brian flores or b enemy i probably like flores more as a guy and a coach but the fact that i had ron rivera who was a defensive guy I really think that there is, I mean, this league's pretty predictable. And I feel like if you have uh, a defensive coach in place now and you're going to blow that guy out, I don't think you're going to replace him with Brian Flores for the most part. Maybe so. I just was thinking about the ownership group, forward thinking. You know, Magic has his fingerprints right on that ownership group. Magic Johnson, right? Josh Harris. I just thought about that. But sure. Yes, I mean. We see it oftentimes, right? You go from a defensive-minded head coach to an offensive-minded head coach. So I understand yep. that, that the enemy could logically make more sense. I mean, what other jobs are potentially open? Are we forgetting any? This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. I mean, let's go through it. Raiders gonna be op- Raiders is open. Commander's likely open. Patriots, but they're going to they're gonna have a plan. The Patriots are going to have a plan, right? And maybe maybe he's part of that plan. Bears probably open. Chargers for sure open. Titans could be open. What if the Cowboys go could one open? and done? What if the Cowboys go one and done and they get rid of Mike McCarthy? That's a great one. Mm-hmm. McCarthy's always on the hot seat. Yeah. I mean, would they yeah. go Dan Quinn in house though? Maybe. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. Jerry. So I. I but Deuce. And we've ta- talked about this extensively on the show before, and you brought this up. A really, really interesting point is I do think that there, if this lawsuit is not completed by January, which it ain't going to be, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on, on a bunch of owners not to hire floors until this I is agree. done. Now, yeah. Jerry Jones would be the type of guy to tell Goodell to take a hike. Um, <laughs> but, like, I think that the majority of the teams, like – Josh Harris just got this job or just got the team in Washington. Is he really going to come in after he just got this team, right? He just bought it. Like, he's new. Is he really going to come in and tell the commissioner, you know what, of all the people I could hire, I'm hiring a guy who's suing our league. I don't think so. On the flip side, Dallas would be a great – Flores would be great in Dallas because you've got – you know, you got a quarterback that's at least like he's 30 years old. He's not one of the top five quarterbacks, but he doesn't need a lot of molding. Dak Prescott is who he is. He's he's like Kirk Cousins. Just he needs you could an offensive guy could elevate him. Don't get me wrong. But imagine Flores taking Micah Parsons, those ball hawking oh. secondary players in Dallas. No, I don't like, want to imagine this. 
I'm just saying, if you're Flores, that would be, no. and Dallas, it'd be a great marriage. No, I refuse. I'll give you another one. How much longer is Pete Carroll truly yeah. going to coach? Looking that too. I thought that two years ago, guys. I know. I thought, I thought it fits Seattle's Three, culture, defense. Yeah. <laughs> I thought of it six there. years ago, just so you guys know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I the point is, Brian Flores is a freaking genius. I mean, the fact yeah. that Troy died, Jawan Williams, Anthony Barr played 12 snaps. Right, like these guys, right? Like we didn't know if Josh Metellus would be capable. And hey, I'm still upset that Metellus dropped that interception at the end of the first half. Yeah, Josh Metellus is good. Cam Bynum has taken another step forward this year. Right, we weren't sure if he was fully capable. Well, now we know Cam Bynum is a rock solid player. You mentioned it. He's doing it with one pass rusher. Yeah, yeah. Like Brian Flores is an unbelievably brilliant coach yep uh hey before we move on here and speculate on turkey of the year candidates judd let's talk about our favorite our our second favorite finch or our first favorite finch no, i think it's one a one b i mean chris finch is doing a great job we love cody finch too yeah but but you know what Any, anyone could coach a basketball team not everybody could fix the electrical issues in your home <laughs> keep you safe keep your family safe i ask you what's more important and i'm going to tell you right now it's the work that cody finch and my friends at finch home solutions do fast courteous professional they get the job done and again home electrical repairs are not diys they're not something where you take a saturday and say i'm gonna fix the uh, electronics in my home uh, uh, uh. you're gonna get the professionals out there Big or small project. I'm talking about rewiring your entire home. I'm talking about putting an outlet in. Finch Home Solutions is going to take care of any issue that you need. And again, they're going to do it efficiently. They're going to be fast. And they'll even talk some purple with you and talk about purple daily if you so desire, because Cody's a huge Vikings fan. 612-357-2604. 612-357-2604. FinchHomeSolutions.com. FinchHomeSolutions.com. Hey, Dukes, before we get to these Turkey of the Year candidates, do you have any idea when the NFL will announce the start time for Vikes-Bengals, start day and time for for Vikings-Bengals? I know that's still Saturday, Sunday. The time is still flexed. Joel Burrow being injured. Like, if he was still healthy, I actually do. I could see a case that that probably would have been a primetime type of game on a Saturday, Sunday. But do you have any idea of when they plan to announce that game? I hear you, Declan, because the big Hubbard holiday party is Saturday the day before. night. December you know, I got a lot of things that weekend, okay? It's for me. There's a lot I of see. stuff this going is a on. Selfish, a yes. selfish Declan selfish question Selfish question, yes. So, is it possible Vikings-Bengals is the same night as the big party? And yeah, we'll find out about 12-ish to 13 days prior. So it won't be this week. We should find out middle to late next week, maybe even into kind of that weekend of December 2nd, December 3rd. But yeah, 12, 13-ish days out. Now, if I recall the other four games that are up in the air, there isn't much sexiness there, right? Like Vikings-Bengals is still the best of the five. Do you have the list in front of you? I I don't. There were five games that are to be determined. Because there's a bunch of games that are set for that Sunday. Yeah, so uh, Bears-Browns is to be determined. Ugh. Uh, Falcons, Panthers, buh. Steelers, Colts, buh. Broncos, Lions, maybe. That could be good, actually. Uh, Vikings, Bengals, to be determined. All right, well, the Colts game, who are the Colts playing against? Steelers. 
All right, so I mean, both but those teams are both are playoff sort of contention playoff teams. Mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, if Burrow's in, Vikings Bengals undoubtedly is a primetime game. Right, Broncos but Lions. With Burrow out, yeah, that changes things. I mean, I don't have the answer. I mean, I can tell you we'll find out twelve to thirteen days prior, maybe yeah. fourteen to fifteen days. We won't find out in the next few days, but it's a very good question. Yeah, I could see some appeal Broncos Lions as well. Yeah. All right, so, yeah, when I looked at those games a couple weeks ago, yeah, I thought, you know, Vikings-Bengals was the clear-cut best of the five. Now, over the last couple weeks, with things changing, yeah, you can make a case Broncos-Lions or Colts-Steelers having more appeal. Also on the Vikings, Caleb Evans told me in the locker room on Friday, for what it's worth, that he will be back on Monday night for the Bears game, that it's a short-term calf injury, but a calf injury, right, like, that's another one of those tricky deals. Kevin O'Connell yesterday called him questionable, but I'm just telling you, for what it's worth, he told me verbatim, I put it on my Twitter, shameless plug, D. Wolfson, KSTP, the full conversation that he feels like he'll be back on Monday. And, hey, you guys can give me grief on Jefferson because I said, hey, he'll be back here in November. I really thought he would be back on Sunday, but once he was limited on Thursday, we spoke on Thursday morning, so it was before the Thursday practice. Once he was limited, that he still is experiencing some soreness. You know, he's running these straight line sprints, feels good in the moment, but it's hours later. There's still some soreness there, the cutting, some soreness. Like it just it makes logical sense at this point. There's no reason to play him on Monday night, that the buy matters, that just bring him back December 10th in Vegas. But if you guys want to give me grief, what does go sports ahead. tell you? What does sports tell weeks you? Ago, you did. You said December. I you said the bye week fits perfectly. Yep. Yeah, you we know spoke why? on Tuesday, October 10th. Uh-huh. I'll give you credit there, Judd. We spoke on Tuesday, October 10th, two days after the injury. You said, hey, guess what? We'll see Justin in December. And I said in the moment, hey, I'm not so sure on that. I think November, but at this point. But I really thought he'd be back for that Broncos game. But once he wasn't a full go in practice on Thursday, at that point, the signs pointed to him not playing. On Sunday. Now, at this point, yeah, they'll ramp him up even more, see where he's at late in the week. Like, I'm not sitting here on Tuesday saying 0% chance six days from now, you know, him not playing. But I'm just saying, like, logically speaking, it just makes sense, even coming off a loss, to give him the extra week. Don't play him Monday. Bring him back December 10th. Zolgat MD is all I got to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right. Sports dad knew what he's talking about. Thanks for the uh, the Vikings updates there. All right, let's go around the room here. We got about five to seven minutes left. All right, do you want to go want... a little Wolves real quick before we do Turkey of the Year? If you got some stuff, let's do it, yeah. Yeah, so Axios this morning has a report that there is, let me make sure I oh. have this right, this private equity asset oh. management group, the no. Carlisle Group, what no. is in discussions with Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez about becoming investors. So I mentioned months ago a guy by the name of George Hicks, former Cargill executive. He runs a Minneapolis-based investment firm. So they are on board. Point is, I still will say this whole process has been wonky, but I've never once said it won't get to the finish line. It will get to the finish line because it's one heck of an investment. So Lori, A-Rod, Lori knows how to raise funds. They were always going to find investors. The question is how many total investors do they bring on board? You can have up to 25. I don't know if it'll be quite 25, but I'll be curious to see the end number for the number of investors 
that Mark and Alex will be will be bringing on board. But I'm just saying it is going to happen that Lori and Rodriguez will eventually become the majority owners. Now, it may not be in March, as Glenn Taylor told me a few weeks ago on the Scoop podcast, maybe more like the summer. So heading into the 24-25 season. But there is no evidence to suggest that this thing is going to backfire. Yeah. Yeah, well, I agree. Like, it's too it's too good of a deal at a billion and a half Correct. dollars. It's like Everybody knows it. that. The investors know that. Get. So they will be able to find enough investors. Yeah. On Jada McDaniels, I did check this morning with somebody who would know. No update this morning. I'd love to tell you I know definitively on Jada McDaniels how long he'll be out. I mean, he turned that ankle pretty pretty good. I mean, they ruled him out quickly after it happened last night for the rest of the game. So I guess I'll be surprised if he's out there like tomorrow night. Fun yeah. game tomorrow night at Target Center. Wolves against Sixers. The Wolves trying to get to 7-0 and at home. But I just don't know the exact timetable on this Jaden injury. Yeah. So every year since 1978, our legendary friend Patrick Royce has named a Turkey of the Year winner in the Star Tribune and previously in the Pioneer Press. Now, it started off in the 70s and like early 80s as kind of a national award. And then in the mid 80s, starting with Paul Geel with the Gophers, 1983, and then Les Steckel, 1984, he turned his attention largely locally. So the last handful of turkeys of the year, and he's always trying to throw you off the scent a little bit, too. You think about the obvious choice. He's trying to zig when you're zagging. So last year, he chose former Vikings running back Herschel Walker for his failed Senate uh, candidacy. The year before that, it was head of Wolves basketball operations, disgraced head of Wolves basketball operations, and friend of the show, Gerson Rosas. Hey, was Gerson at the game last night? I don't know. I didn't see or hear anything. Was Mrs. Rosas at the game last night? I don't know. I will tell you, Gerson, we've never knocked his basketball acumen, right? Pre-draft a few years ago, he loved Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Yeah. So it was pretty nice that Nikhil put on a nice little Dude, show. Dude, Gerson knows what he's – Gerson he knows does. how to build a team, man. He does. Correct. Uh, Mark Coyle, P.J. Fleck in 2018. Royce named himself in 2017. Uh, so there's been, and then he had like a run of like 25 years of Timberwolves men's athletics at the U of M. So just like in five minutes here, I'm going to start the discussion. Every year we try to pinpoint who it might be. We try to throw out some candidates. Now I think Rudy Gobert was close to the top of his list until the first 12 games this season. And he came on this morning, Royce did and said, I mean, he's been incredible. He's been great. So I don't yeah, think. Yeah. Now could I you mean, still Rudy give him the turkey? The he no, could, but you could can't from even last be year. Anywhere in the vicinity of the mm-hmm. you could from last year. Mm-hmm. You could the the punching and stuff like you could easily you could easily zig there. Um, PJ Fleck maybe a candidate again, but he just won it like five years not, ago. No, you're not going to yeah, repeat him at the table. Definitely not winning it. I'll give yeah. you another name. Okay, this would be and Mark Coyle, by the way, at the table. But Mark Coyle can't win it again. But you think about Coyle, yeah, right, like. Lindsay the volleyball coach. I think the volleyball coach Ooh, is going to yeah. succeed. It's been a down year for volleyball. Nobody Lindsay is showing Whalen. up. Have you seen the season ticket numbers for men's basketball dwindling by the day? Who's there? Right now, Plitzel White was a good hire. I have no doubt that Plitzel White was a good hire. But and hey, you know, there's a lot more to the hiring of Ben Johnson than maybe Mark Coyle could ever, you know, publicly acknowledge. But you know, that hasn't worked out. You know, and Ben's my guy. I'm rooting for Ben, right? I've known him for a long, long time. But I need to acknowledge it's not working out. Then you think about the Gopher football team just, you know, crapping on itself for a majority of this season, right? And Mark Coyle, you know, publicly going to bat. And, hey, I don't blame him. I mean, 
to me, you're not doing better than Fleck, but I think you could, you know, there's some backlash there if you want. So I think Mark Coyle is at the table. I mean, I'm going to say it again. Lindsey Whalen. Yeah. Fight me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, that, she's geez, I don't think you'd ever do that. Oh, she, she might be at the table. I love her. At, she is a friend, the, and I love her. At the, at the very yeah. I'm, thinking him, I'm thinking about Patrick. What would he do? Uh, I would even throw in Bill Guerin. Bill Guerin mm-hmm. has signed all these terrible contracts. Also a friend of the show. Should throw that out there. He has signed some terrible contracts. He has The Wild had like basically next to nobody to trade at the deadline because yeah, he handed do. out no trade clauses like their candy. And the no, wild. You're missing it. Stink. You're missing it. You're so close. Krill? You're so Krill? close, dude. Krill's Krill. 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 Something's Five. up with Krill. No, no, no. I'm worried about Krill. Five goals in 17 games. Yeah, I'm worried about Injured him. for a chunk last year. Worried. Can't lead the team to How many even strength goals for Krill? Does like John one, Merrill one. have as many even strength goals as Krill? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. Jake Middleton has more. Um. So, but Royce lately is, so he's, he's throwing me off though. Like the Herschel Walker one really threw me off. And he's also picking more like groups at times. Um. Well, how about this one, then? How about load management? Right? Nice win for the Wolves on Saturday, but are you kidding me? The 23-year-old Zion Williamson? It's ridiculous. That's twice now. I like load management. Like what? Pretty good. That's twice? Zion couldn't play. He was on Friday. New Orleans beats Denver on Friday. Really impressive win for New Orleans on Friday. Yep. Then Saturday comes, and he's 23 years old. Zion Williamson couldn't play on Saturday? What about the idea of load management? I could see him at the table. I could mm-hmm. see him at the table. Yeah. Uh, twins? Yeah. Have to put, have to put a twin on there. Yeah. So you couldn't watch the Wolves game last night. Am I correct? Oh, Bally's. Bally's. Yeah, I, I was thinking Bally's. Oh. And, and, and as a lifetime achievement oh, award, yeah. let, let's get Dick at the table, okay? Oh, oh, oh. He's going to use, oh, my gosh. I hope he doesn't hear this. He's going to be pissed if I yeah, spoil no this. this. I think he's oh, – I, I I he he likes to use acronyms like he used Trump as an acronym for like turkeys yep. re, you know yep. something. What if he uses Bally B A L L Y as an acronym for something? I could see that. I don't know if it's or like the BSN turkey, but... Bally Sports Network. BSN, right. so yes. BSN. Yeah. BSN would oh, be more likely than Bally's. Great. And then you could get Bramer at the table. You know, I mean, <laughs> oh, great career. Oh man. Mm. Now, wow. but. Now, if if Patrick streamed more, which I don't know what how because he, he he doesn't complain about it a, a lot. I I think that would be an easy one because he he'd be effective. I couldn't. So I'm an Xfinity subscriber, so I should have access to Bally's through that, Dukes. And while I was in Iowa over the weekend and could stream both of the Wild games from Stockholm, although something's up with the picture where it pixelates for long periods of time and I can't get the picture. Um, Last night, I got shut out, so I actually had to put the game on my TV, which I didn't want to do because my contacts were out. I was laying in bed and couldn't see the TV, so I was going to watch the phone. So I was going to watch the phone (laughs) like this. Instead, I watched football on the phone, so... I this hate, is I hate this him. is the most this is the youngest and oldest Judd has ever sounded yes. all in one. Yeah, like, I mean, are we sure it wasn't user error that it is? Oh, positive. I, yeah, it's yeah, not I, Judd. No, I checked. I went okay. on. I went on um, Twitter, and there were other people who are subscribers to Cable. Same problem because I did check, and then Bally's Bally sends a note if you tag them. Hey, what's your zip code? Blah blah blah. We'll troubleshoot it for you. We'll look at it, and I said. I gave up. Don't be concerned. But can you get your wild announcers not to be such homers? Please talk to them. Zero percent chance <laughs> on that. Yeah, zero. 
But can I give you two more? Me. Yeah, can yeah, I offer give... up two more that I wrote down? Please, please, please. Yeah. How about Joe Polad? So you're cutting payroll after making the playoffs? Yeah. Oh, really? yeah, dude. Joe That's a good Polad's one. On there. All right. Yep. Joe, he's young, so yes. I, I yeah, like first timer. And, and I think, wouldn't we be celebrating? Has Jim, has Jim ever been? Carl was. Carl, Carl Polad was. Carl was twice. I think twice. Jim Polad never won it, though. I was thinking this could be like a third-generation winner, but he never gave it to Jim, I don't think. Here's the other one. So TJ Hawkinson, like, that rib injury is legit. So we can see how tough TJ Hawkinson is playing through this ribs injury. I saw him in the locker room on Friday. Yeah, You should have seen what he was doing post-practice. The stuff he was taking off his midsection. He's got all this padding, all this protection. It is clear, as I'm watching TJ Hawkinson you know, heck, for lack of a better way of describing it, undress on Friday in the locker room, you could tell (laughs) how much pain he is in. Yet he missed all this time in August because of an ear infection. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is a good list here, guys. This is pretty good. I really like Bally's and, I think and we're Joe Polad's yeah. good too. Mm-hmm. Let let us know in the YouTube comment section and tweet us other names we may be forgetting here. Okay, it's an annual tradition. We try to figure out, try to get 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 on the scent of where Royce is thinking for Turkey of the Year. Hmm. Anything else coming to mind? Cheryl Reeve. This is all top of head. Hasn't he wanted to put Cheryl Reeve on this list for a long time? Surprised she hasn't. He hasn't won. won a, is it true she hasn't won a playoff series since she's, Maya Moore left? Yeah, right? yeah. she's only won a game. I think one playoff. Well, and game, I mean, right? he was very pro tanking. Yes. This year. Yeah. yeah. Right. Who was it? Now we don't know if Paige, by the way, Cheryl was scouting Paige on Sunday here, right? I mean, she should have. Yeah. Luckily, but, that's good. Like, we bad. don't know for sure that Paige, that Caitlin Clark, right? I mean, there's so much money to be made NIL wise in school. Are they for sure going pro? But I guess if you know that Caitlin is going pro, that Paige is going pro. Like, maybe the Lynx should have lost more games. So, yeah, I could see Cheryl being in the mix for sure. Yeah. This is good here, guys. This is really good stuff. Um, all right, Although dude, I still we- contend, as long as you have Nafisa, it was going to be hard to lose a bunch of games, plus a few other teams were in tank mode. So it was going to be hard to finish below those teams. Yeah. But, yeah, I could see Cheryl because I think he was upset that they won too many games. Yeah. Hey, Dukes, happy early Thanksgiving. Happy we got to run here. boys. Yeah. And if you think of any other names, text us. Okay. Yeah. A couple more scoops. The 49ers and Packers will have scouting representation at Huntington Bank Stadium on Saturday for the Gophers and Badgers. Zarko Durasic, who was high up in the Wolves front office, he was lucky enough to get the Maui Invitational scouting duties. Wow. So it's in Honolulu, not Maui, with everything going on in Maui. But a heck of a scouting assignment. He is currently scouting for the Wolves. The Wolves do have their first round pick in June. He is right now in Honolulu watching. Heck, I stayed up late last night watching Marquette UCLA. That was a fun ending. Kansas is there. Tennessee, Purdue. Lots of NBA talent right now in Honolulu. So the Wolves have eyeballs on that. Love it. And what's the expense account? That's what I want. <laughs> it's a heck of an expense Give me another account. Mai Tai. Yeah. This kid looks good. It's the greatest scouting trip ever. Trust me. <laughs> like people with the Wolves, every organization, they fight on a yearly basis. Oh, Please. Let me get that trip in November to Hawaii. Yeah. But anyway, Zarko Durisic has that trip right now. Doogie, you, great Thank stuff you. from the 5 Hour right, News Sports Department. Much love. We'll see you next week, Have man. a great Thanksgiving. See you, ya. Too, sir. you too, buddy. All right, that's a wrap here. Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd. Highly speculative.